are awesome. It says it started. Do I believe it? I don't know. <laughs> Let's trust the spirit. Just trust the karma and the cosmic energy. Please, please. I beg of you. <laughs> Whatever is out there, just, just give listen. good energy to this. Please. please. Yeah. I see you. It's me. 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 Welcome back to another week of the It's Me Show podcast. And remember, my job is to make your road to Friday a lot easier. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where in the world you are, mi gente. I hope you had an amazing start to your week. And as always, thank you for tuning in and sharing your Monday blues with me. And this week, we have an amazing guest. She's a writer, a poet, a film critic, author, feminist, right? And a fellow funny gal like me. So please welcome Jay. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Michelle listeners. Hello. Hey. Thank you so much for joining me Thank today. You. I really appreciate it. It's a Sunday. Thanks There's a six-hour difference. Of course. Of course. I know you have a lot of things to do today. So we're going to get right to it. Um, so I'm going to call this segment the icebreaker segment, just so people get to know a little bit about you. All right. So this week we're talking about funny women in comedy. And yes, that includes ourselves, although I'm not formally trained. I don't know if you are, but my life seems to be comedy all the time. So. Oh, yeah, baby. Tell me about it. <laughs> By formal training, you mean my dad and I exchanging jokes? Then, yes, I am. I mean, I've been trying to be my dad all the time. Like, he has the greatest sense of humor, dark, cynical, you know, like weird, standoffish sense of humor that makes people kind of like go, okay, is he joking or is he just laughing at us or what? So, me growing up, I always wanted to be, yeah, I'm going to be Salah. I'm going to be this guy. So, yeah. put it in a woman, and people are like, why? Why you should be cute? And I don't know how to be cute, man. Sorry. <laughs> I tried throwing up. Welcome guns. to my world. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Seriously, I knew it. So yeah, this is the thing. Oh, I love it. See, but you're right. They, a lot of people are always saying, well, women, you know, like you should be dainty and you should be quaint and you should be quirky. And I'm like, I'm completely the opposite. I'm, I'm clumsy. Total respect for these awesome women. Just not me, not Jay. You know, it's not me. It's just not right. me. Same here. So before we get into who, you know, we like as comedians, I want you to let the people of the It's Me podcast know a little bit about yourself. So where are you from, Jay? I'm from Egypt, Alexandria, Egypt. Oh, you're eclectic, girl. You're different. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be honest. I try to be all my life. It just follows me wherever I go. Oh, I love it. How, how Were you born there? Do you still live there? Or definitely, definitely. I'm a small town girl at heart. I've been in Alexandria all my life. Just moved to Cairo, the capital of Egypt, a few times to work and stuff. But I'm still in Alexandria. And this has been part of my writing as well. Ooh, oh, and we're going to get into that because your poetry. Oh, 
girl. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So how did you realize that comedy was something that you really enjoyed? I know you mentioned your dad and, you know, growing up, he was always the jokester because you would be surprised that not everyone likes to laugh, especially here in New York. I'm from New York. Everybody's mean mugging all the time. (laughs) Listen, it's terrible out here. But how did you realize that comedy was something that you enjoyed and you you wanted it to be part of your personality? Okay, let me tell you something. Here, you're supposed to be a certain kind of woman. Even if you're laughing, you should laugh with respect, with being conservative. So for me, I always wanted to push the status quo, especially in my family. Like for me, I would just look at my dad and say, like, I could be my dad. I'm going to do this. So all the women in the family would be like, oh, Jaylan, just sit, sit straight, do this, do that. You shouldn't. So for me, it was always this. It was always going to be this. And I'm going to be copying my dad's jokes, just trying to see what the guys are laughing about. And I'm going to say it. And I found that people were laughing. So it wasn't such a comedic environment. But I think for me, part of growing up with my sister, especially, we were always just hanging around. We were so close. We would like to make up stories and stuff when we were little. So I would be the funny one. And she would be just reacting to me. So I think I just wanted to break or shake the family just seeing them all sitting there women acting this way men acting that way were a very traditional you know like a middle class family so for me to just break this mold this is what made me love comedy yes we love comedy movies we would watch a lot of comedy especially you know like where i come from comedy movies are the best especially at the time of the 90s and 00s but still to be the comedian of the gathering this is something else so for me i wanted to be that girl Oh, I love that. So I'm I'm Dominican. I was born and raised in New York, but I'm, my mom and my dad are from the Dominican Republic. And there's this saying in Spanish, and it goes, calladita te ves más bonita. And what that translates to is, if you're quiet, you look prettier this way. And that kind of reminds me of what you said, like, oh, don't laugh too loud and keep your mouth, you know, zip and don't say too much and just be cute, be pretty, you know, let people admire you. But you're right. I was always the opposite, too. I was like the very annoying, like my laughter is so annoyingly loud sometimes. And then when I was younger, I found myself trying to kind of make it quiet. So now my laughter is like this weird squeaky thing that's very loud. And I really do enjoy it because it's kind of obnoxious sometimes. But um, I totally get where you're coming from because I also wanted to break the mold. And I was I'm I would like to say I'm like the funny one in my family, especially like at work, everywhere I go, I do. This is my personality. So I definitely get where you're coming from, girl. I totally I understand. Wow. I, I, I had this feeling that we connected on this level, seriously, because I mean, it's so hard being, you know, and people would expect you to be a certain way of comedic person like okay don't be yeah yeah you're funny but don't be too funny and I've met it even with guys you know like I would be there and the guy would like me because you know my features kind of give off a certain vibe especially back then I was always the cute girl you know a little bit plump face hair always straight and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. for him to see he would be like oh she's so cute and then he'd be like ah <laughs> <I'd> be like <laughs> cracking a joke or just making fun of him because it's like us because i'm making fun of myself man what about you and he'd hate it and he'd be like no 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 not dilemma please let's find some other quiet lovely girl and stuff oh no but i love that you can't be really be funny without making fun of yourself i make fun of myself 
all the time. And I had this one person once tell me, well, I think the reason you're doing this is because there's something wrong with the inner you. And yeah. I said, oh. I said, there's nothing wrong with the inner me. The inner me wants to come out. And that's the funny girl. <laughs> like, oh, well, because you're ugly. right. Putting yourself down. I'm like, I don't see it that way. It's just, I'm making fun of my own misfortunes and that's fine. <laughs> you're doing this because you're sad. They, here, the pickup line, the guy, the Egyptian guy says, you're sad. Your eyes are sad. And I'd look at the picture he was referring to. And I'm like, <laughs> where is the sadness, bro? <laughs> where did you see it? Well, and I once told one, you should be a psychoanalyst. Dude, you're so <laughs> how do you get this but oh my god change your career are you serious you're just discovering sad girls along the way who for you i love you <laughs> your sarcasm is by far <laughs> the greatest thing i've heard <laughs> this morning <laughs> seriously seriously they're like taking them <laughs> are you looking for them okay good luck for you not me bro. right not you, buddy <laughs> like, right. pat him on the shoulder you know <laughs> Like a good old grandpa or something. Like, oh, sorry, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Better luck next time. (laughs) Oh, well, everything here in New York is rough, and that includes comedy. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Comedy is just very rough or very vulgar. And I have the sense that um, you kind of enjoy that comedy, especially growing up with your dad. You enjoy that comedy. So, and I, and I think that it's helped me get through really tough times growing up and I'm definitely grateful for that. And have, but I wanted to ask, have you ever thought that comedy would be like part of your career one day? I hope, you know, okay. okay. So for me, my twenties were a mess, were a train wreck. So I wasn't, I didn't find myself. I stayed away even from writing. I worked boring jobs, had shitty relationships and stuff, but now I'm kind of like claiming my own narrative after help with my sister and therapy and yoga and stuff so now i'm like why not come on you can write a funny book you can have a show i don't know now i'm trying to give myself the vibe that sky's the limit so yeah if you ask me this question a year ago honestly i would tell you no 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 not me and i'd be like more like yeah subdued and stuff but now i'm telling you well maybe i hope so and i hope maybe we can have something together man girl this would be the I know. Listen, there's something happening here. <laughs> I totally agree. Brewing. Something's brewing because I feel the same way. And I totally get where you're coming from. And I always talk about this. I Way before I got married, I was in this terrible relationship where I wasn't myself. And I hated it so much. It didn't make me happy. I was like this dark cloud. And I was kind of like a robot. I did what I had to do for like me and my kids. Got up, went to work, came home. And I did nothing else. And then just kind of be a slave in this relationship. Just really enslaved to my relationship. And it was a terrible time. And if you would have asked me, I want to say like five, six years ago. Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Who are you? I would be like, I don't even know right now. So I understand where you're coming from. We tend to lose ourselves. So I do like that you're saying that, yeah, I should be, because that's what I'm telling everyone now. I'm just like, no, I really do enjoy comedy and I might just do something with it. Why not? You only live once and we should just try. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to try it. Yeah. So now, absolutely. I would tell you maybe one day. Hello. All right. I'm so excited. Well, I think comedy is subjective and I find I find myself funny because it's me and I tell others this because I don't know. So 
people either find you really, really funny or they look at you and you're like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and I know you touched on this a little bit already because comedy is different all around the world. But comedy in Egypt, how would you describe it? Well, okay. Now, I don't think we really need a comedy revival now. But if you ask me, like, the 90s especially, it was a great time for comedy. Back back then, even, it was an amazing time for comedy. Because we've had the best comedians. You have no idea. Like, of all the Arab countries, if you talk about Egyptian humor, it's the best of the best. Seriously. And I wish that one day there will be, like, more translated Egyptian comedy movies because they're hilarious and they're just crazy and we have the greatest comedy actors. They're just awesome. They're funny. Facial expressions, you know, attitudes. You have all sorts of comedy and it's, I don't know. I love the comedy scene here. It's hilarious. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, you already know the comedy scene here in New York is, I mean, it's great. Have you ever been to New York? Have you ever been here? No. Bucket no. list, baby. Bucket list. Okay, good. Good. And when you do, you have to let me know so we can go to... Are you serious? You gotta take me. You gotta take me on this comedy trip and you... It's on you, baby. It's responsibility and you should do it. I know. We will go, like, on a comedy show spree around the city for the weekend. (laughs) Yes, please. I'll just go and I'm I'm in for all experiences. You have no idea. So I I know. I know I have Michelle. Great. Absolutely. You... I know. You got me. (laughs) So, right. So I've been reading your poetry and let me tell you, amazing. Okay. And from what I've read, you write from a very personal place, like very close to your heart. And also from a place of like observance, you really take everything on around you and you like develop these really elaborate stories that is poetry. And you do an amazing job of just like describing what you're feeling, where you are to us, well, to me, the reader, because I literally, while I was reading your stuff, I like put myself where you were. And I was like, Oh, this is immersive, expressive. What's happening here? It was very immersive, I will tell you. And growing up, well, my best friend and I, we were into uh, theater, drama, all this stuff. You can think of, you know, the art. So I dabbled in writing poetry, but I didn't go as far as he did. He likes to write all the time. And reading your poetry took me to a place where I used to be before when I was young. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I do want to write again. This is beautiful. I just wanted to throw that out there, girl, because it was it's amazing. It is amazing. Oh, wow. Really, I I can't I don't know how to tell you seriously. To think now that for a certain time in my life I stopped writing altogether because I was I was in a relationship with, where I was gaslit for three years. My partner gaslit me, so I couldn't even write because it was something that the partner didn't approve of or just kind of like broke you into pieces, yeah. and you didn't find that voice. So the time I found my voice again, I think twenty twenty. I was crying because where was this? It was always inside of me. So to hear you say this, it just means a lot to me. No, of course. I loved it. Do you ever think, although you do have like some comedy within, like you do say something, oh, that's witty. I see what you're doing there. But do you ever feel like including uh, comedy a lot more within your poetry? I hope so. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Thanks for saying that. I would love to do that. Yeah, because I can definitely see, like, kind of like 
comedic poetry from you you're just really good at expressing and describing things and I was just like oh she would be really good at this awesome awesome thank you wow seriously this this would be a dream of mine I'd I'd definitely try it something I love and now that I hear it from you wow okay just meld the world together (laughs) goosebumps seriously thanks Michelle seriously now I know I have Michelle on my back yeah I can go this road Absolutely. I'm here. So comedy and poetry is a great segue to talking about the famous funny gals of comedy. And I want to start because I so we spoke about a couple of them and we'll go over them. But I'm going to start because you said you'd never heard of her. And she really, she reminds me a lot of like you, what you're doing. And only because she's a funny girl in the industry, but she's also a writer and an actress. And her poetry is amazing um and that's with Michaela I think it's Cole or Cowell I'm not sure but she's a writer and an actress and I learned about her from this BBC show because we both of course enjoy BBC comedy um it's what's called it's called chewing gum and listen you have to so she's so she's like this naive adolescent girl that has like a very religious upbringing and she enters into adulthood and she tries to figure things out and she's obsessed with Beyonce wow it is the it is like the funniest thing I have ever 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 watched I I want to say in my entire like she is so genuinely funny and I think she also has a show on HBO it's called I May Destroy You which I haven't checked out yet but she's also a poet and she's so passionate and I went down the rabbit hole and a lot of her poetry, I'm telling you when I was listening, cause she likes to read out her poetry um, a lot of the times, but it reminded me of you with your written poetry. So I think you should definitely check her out, but she's I have to. I have to, but I have, I have chewing gum on my watch list. Seriously, after you told me, I gotta Google her and like, okay, Shell's right. I gotta watch this. Yeah, she's yeah, she's amazing. So, do you have any com- funny, like one of your, or many of your favorite uh, comedy gals? Tell me. Okay, Issa Rae, seriously, because, okay, the moment I discovered Issa Rae, I was just talking to my friend Brian, and I was just obsessing over Sex and the City, and he's like, you gotta watch more diverse shows, and I'm like, okay, Brian, you just tell me what, and he told me Insecure, and okay, hear this, I'm at work, uh, on a break, and I just go, okay, let's just watch Insecure, and the first episode, man, I want to be this woman, yeah. I, I, I just want to be, I want to meet her, who is this girl, come on, and I'm obsessed, and I take my sister, and we are like binge watching season after season, because we just love her, we idolize her, she's so funny, yeah. and she's so awkward, and she's so female, and she's so her, there's nobody like her at all out there, and so for Absolutely. me, she's one of my favorite, favorite comedians, wow. Oh, I love her. So I don't know if you knew, but she started off on a YouTube series and it was called Awkward Black Girl. And let me tell you, you have to because it's so relatable. You're right. Like everything about it is relatable. It's like this girl who goes to work every day. She, you know, falls in love or has partners and they all put her in like these awkward, uncomfortable positions. And I feel like that's her entire personality, even in Insecure. Like, she's just, like, in these awkward, uncomfortable positions where she's just like, all right, well, what do I do now? <laughs> exactly. Or she says something stupid or just acts weird. And I feel so connected to her because, you know, like, 
I really, when I was little, I was obsessed with all the beauty queens, I'm going to call them beauty queens, of their romantic rom-coms and the chick flicks of the 90s, okay? And I love, of course, Nora Ephron and stuff. But you feel like there's this distance between you and this girl. Yes, she's awkward and she's, but she's too nice or she doesn't say the stupidest thing ever. What about you? You would be like, just having your face in a way or just saying the craziest poem and someone just takes a video and you find it online and someone who shouldn't see it just watches it. It's exactly Isa. This is the girls I'm looking for now. I'm looking for women who had similar experiences to me, but they're like living far away. They've had different culture, different background, but still we are so connected, maybe more than a woman who is my colleague or something. So right. this is Isa to me. This is her. Yeah, no, she's, you're right. She's amazing. And talking about connection this is going to be a weird one but i'm only this is only my connection because she because i'm a mom and in one of the movies i watched her and she's a mom and i feel like that would be me when i'm older and you mentioned you liked her too barbara streisand not only is she beautiful but can i tell you i don't know if you've ever seen meet the fockers yes i've seen meet the fockers are you serious? This is going to be you? Wow. I am going to be the eccentric, hippie, retired lawyer who is now a sex therapist. And her humor is just so matter of fact. And I would definitely be the mom who like embarrasses their children. But at the end of the day, it's just so much love. It's like, you can't even be mad at me. <laughs> I love Barbara Streisand. I in that know movie. what you mean. Oh my gosh, I love her so much more now. I love her I so much. I love her as an icon, as a singer. I love her everywhere. She's amazing. I love Barbara. Yeah. And I love, of course, Funny Girl because, Funny Girl, first, because I still remember to this day, the first day I saw Funny Girl, I was at my grandma's house and we were like, Omar Sharif is now on the screen. He's Egyptian and everybody reveres him here. He's dead now. So I'm like, wow, and who's the girl with him? Look at her. She's not like leading lady. She's not typical. I'm sick of seeing people looking alike. So for yeah. me, every time you see someone who looks different, who acts different, who gives you this vibe that you know this person, you could be friends with this person, I'm in. So for me, seeing her in Funny Girl, it just made me look at her. She doesn't fit with the dancers, with those dainty, lovely girls just dancing. Look at her being funny and being get out. And I love, of course, confident women who are like just going out there with their personalities, with their looks, with their vibes, with their energy, with their strength and their grit. And oh, I know I I love it too. It's just so it's so loud. Like even like I feel like you just our interaction here i feel like you walk into a room everybody has to turn around they're like oh this girl's coming like we don't know who yeah. she is but she's coming and there's nothing wrong with that because it's just like positive vibe positive energy oh, it's just thanks. something about like what you exude and i think that's amazing and barbara streisand reminds me of, like she can walk in any room and i'm just like okay she's about to do some crazy stuff right now. Yes, and you're just you're sitting on the edge of your city account what are you gonna do right yes. And no matter how awkward it makes you feel, you're just like, yeah, I think I would do the same thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, but, you know, the, the thing about being, having this personality that exudes, you know, whatever vibe when you get into a room that you meet two kind of people, people are, who are like looking at you admir and there are the energy vampire suckers who are like waiting to just whoosh, and you feel, so this happened to me more than once. So now I'm 
I'm more aware of my surroundings and I try to protect my energy. Like, try to go behind the radar and then you see like someone like saying something and I'd be like, yeah, or just laughing with one, like at a party or something. And someone would just say something stupid or pretentious or snobbish. <laughs> someone would be passing it like, look at this loser. <laughs> and we'd just crack jokes. And then the energy shifts in the room and it's day all over again. Right. Right. And it's okay, but it's okay because I feel like girls like us, we always get into trouble for no reason. It's just like, we're just being ourselves and we just, we're into trouble. But I, I agree with that. You do have like these energy vampires that just do not like you to be who you are. And growing up, I heard a lot. Oh, well, you know what, Michelle, just always has to be the center of attention she's always showing off and I'm like but I'm not this is really who I am I had one girl approach me very long time ago and tell me well you know you don't have to put on you put on like an act you don't have to pretend it's okay and I'm just like pretend like girl you have no idea this is just me at 10 percent yeah. <laughs> you gotta see the rest I'm telling right. you Right, you're experiencing me at 10%. Trust me, there's a lot more here. <laughs> well, you get them, baby, trust me. You wouldn't be standing on your two damn Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah, go on with the bullets, you know. And I'm right. trying to you have to keep going. I totally remember. Oh, I hope I'm not tearing off something good. I totally remember this. I used to embarrass my high school friends like all the time. Like she would have a crush on this hot guy and we had this guy we would take you know like private lessons and stuff with so she had a major crush on him and i'd be like every time he just enters i'm like <laughs> and i'd do this and she's like she's a very girly girl conservative but she was my best friend at the time and i just i'm trying to laugh come on why and she's like who told you i want to laugh i don't want to laugh about it i just want to look at him and just appreciate him and every time he gives he was a good guy he was just an he aced every answer. Damn him. I still remember it to this time. So he was just like smart, us, and hardworking. And every time he'd just say the right answer and go to her like, I look at him and like, and I think I just weirded him out. And this was not her intention. But every time, and I wanted to pump him too. Right. Like, Why are you acting like this? You're dudes. We're girls. We shouldn't act like this. But it's funny. I just want to make friends with the guy. Yeah. Right. You never have him. No, and I think and I think that a lot of women do that. Like they're afraid to approach a guy. And I think I discussed this on one of my podcasts, or I was a guest on somebody's podcast, and we were saying we were talking about how like it's very hard for guys. Well, I guess it's a little different in Egypt because you know, men are manly men and they approach the women. But over here it's kind of like a mix. And men are always like, Well, you know, we don't want to approach all women because we're afraid of rejection. And I'm just like, well, that's silly. I think if a girl likes a guy, there's no reason to be like, hey, what's up? How are you? How's what are you doing? Oh, you have a wife? Okay, bye. Forget it. <laughs> like, there's nothing. This is the thing. This is the thing. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And so for my, like, I want to say, it's like a, it was a bachelorette party. Uh, my friend, my very good friend and I, we went to Vegas. And it was an amazing time. We were at, like, this club. And one of the guys comes up to me and he's starting to talk to us. I'm like, listen, we're here for a bachelorette party. I'm getting married in like three days. This is not what we're out here for. We're just having fun. And he's like, oh my God, I'm here for my best friend's bachelor bachelor party. He's like, and he was very honest. He was like, well, I'm looking for a girl. And I'm like, well, you're not, you're looking for the girl at the wrong place. Cause I'm not her. 
And he ended up hanging out with us, with my friend and I. And he brought all his bachelor friends, like the guys that were at the bachelor party, they brought over. And when I tell you, we were the center. It was like we were doing comedy stand-up with a lot of music playing in the background. And before they all left, they said, you you girls are the funniest girls we've ever met. He was like, the girls that we met in our entire trip were so nasty and snobbish and just looking for something, looking for money, looking for a handout. Like, But you girls were so down to earth. And he was like, he goes, and Michelle, the way you let me down was beautiful. You didn't make me feel insecure. You didn't make me feel bad about myself. Your husband is so lucky to have you. And when I tell you, girl, I was like, oh, that's so nice. I was like, because I don't like to be mean. I'm just a very funny all around happy girl so I'm just like really he said yeah he's like you guys really made our Vegas trip a Vegas like a fun Vegas trip because other than that the girls out here were just so mean to us and it really I don't know how to hold girls like that but but this comment well deserved girl seriously your husband is a really (laughs) lucky guy I wanted to I'm telling you Michelle's husband you're a lucky man okay watch out (laughs) and it was listen it was a great and that to me that's that feels great because I don't want guys to look at me or look at you and be like, oh, there goes that pretty girl. She's probably snobby. She probably doesn't like to talk to people. Meanwhile, we're like, hey, how are you? How's your day? Like it, nothing, not everything has to be sexual. Not every, And a lot of women here in New York, it's like everything for them is very sexual. Oh, that guy wants to talk to me because he wants something from me or he wants. Meanwhile, yeah. he's just asking you, how's your day? It's just a conversation. We're human. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Oh. They just I mean, make it too I've much. Always, probably because of the, I know what you mean. For me, I've always been, I think, in circles where women were intentionally, they just want to be kind of like what you say. Like, okay, we cannot show. Like, for me, I would just like a guy, and I'd be like, I like you. You're, you're <laughs> hot. You're cool. And they're like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work this way. You have to be cunning and sneaky. And I would see girls all around me doing tricks to get guys when I would be like, you know what? I want to hang out. Want to drink something? And Wait. I think this this was also, but it was mostly kind of like an opposite call to me because you know, I saw a lot of girls just acting out and putting on these fronts here and stuff, and kind of like guys liking it, and me just looking like you know Jay who just wants to crack jokes and say something <laughs> that shouldn't be said now, or just say you know like make see something gross when women are like pretending to eat, but this Jay kind of like gulping her coffee and taking donuts from someone so yeah i think i've met a lot of you know the pretentious stuff it just doesn't work for me when i was gaslit of course in, in the relationship when i was gaslit trust me i was pretentious as hell i had to delete all my photos from this time because for me my hair was always straight my eyebrows were always thin i was always you know like smiling like this and putting on makeup it wasn't me something was missing and now that i know yes it was the essence of being me this is why i wasn't writing now that i'm thinking yeah this is why you were not writing because you weren't yourself so now that i reclaimed myself i'm like out there and just seeing whatever the universe throws at me so yeah i totally get it but these women i think for a certain time in my life i thought these women kind of like were having it because you know i don't know something was happening in this relationship thingy and i nobody gave me the manual i'm like someone gave every woman on the planet a manual but not me why (laughs) why was this acceptable and this not but now i'm just chilling about it you know like i don't need a manual man let me write my own manual first of all you suck second of all yourself 
Right. You'll figure it out as you go. And you know what? You did say this already, that you kind of relate to Melissa McCarthy, especially um, in Bridesmaids. And I can see it. I can see it. You're very like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) We're like, want to hang out? And he's like, no, are you sure? And in the end, he goes, you're relenting. So yeah, actually, yeah. She's hilarious in Bridesmaid. And I don't know if you've ever watched, um, I think it was Identity Thief. Also. I love this movie. Also very, very funny. But she's another one who doesn't, along with Issa, Issa Rae is also very vocal about, yeah, I thank myself because I'm funny. I put myself in the front line and this is who I am and I'm not apologetic about it. And that's one thing that I do love about Issa Rae. I remember one time she received an award for something and she stood up and she said, yeah, I want to thank myself (laughs) because I didn't. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people hate it when women say that. Like, I totally remember also Shonda Rhimes when she was kind of like receiving an award or something. And she said, you know, like, uh, okay, let's be honest, I deserved it. It's like women should always be like, thank you. I never thought, what about if I thought I would make it to you guys? I just want to celebrate myself. Like, what, the guys can say it and we can't? Why? Because we're women. We're always supposed to be, like, nice and stuff. No, I I deserve this. I've made it this far because I was there for me. I pushed myself. So this is what I like about this woman. They're unapologetic about their success and they don't feel that they owe it to anyone but themselves. So yay them. Exactly. And that takes a lot of, for me, that takes a lot of courage because when you're in that industry, it's very male dominated. It's, it's very, it's kind of, it's a lot of like chauvinistic behavior. So for a female to stand up and say, yeah, no, I want to thank myself because without me, this wouldn't happen. It's, it's amazing because a lot of people are going to get backlash. Everyone likes to talk. So a lot of people are going to be like, oh my gosh, she's so full of herself as she should be. <laughs> she worked very hard. Come on. Do you have what she has? Exactly. Absolutely. So she should be full of herself. It's amazing what she's doing. Okay. So my last, um, I want to say funny one, and you kind of mentioned her. So Nora Ephron. And for a long time, okay. So growing up, I used to watch a lot of like rom-coms and I, you know, I love them. And, but then once I get like, I can't listen to romantic comedies. I'm like, oh, I'm so over them. But Nora Ephron had like this way of, making females use their femininity as something funny and she did kind of make them like quirky and and kind of witty kind of like you've got male when you think about that or like bewitched like very quirky very funny very sarcastic and that's what I loved about her writing and you know what I love too first of all I think there are tons of rom-coms that we love from our childhood or from, wait, what year were you born? When were I was you born in 86, girl. 1988, 80s, girl. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're 80s, 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 80s. 80s. <laughs> I can feel the vibe, I swear. Whenever I feel like I see the, the new ones, the 20s, I like had them on the shoulder and I'm like gone. The 30s, I re- okay, you're with me. <laughs> this I, is, welcome. <laughs> Whenever. I think my friend Brian, he just turned 30. I love him. And he, and I'm like, what I wrote to him was like, honey, welcome to my club with Samantha Jones. And he's like, <laughs> I think you scared the dude. And he's like, honey, welcome to my club. 
Finally, yep. you're 30. Away oh, 20s. I can't spend 20s. <laughs> Welcome to your 30s. <laughs> My like 20s so, yeah, were but... also a disaster, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, My... totally. This is the thing up for kids. Yeah. I Every time I see, like, I think we're young... all like that. No, it's true. Every time I see young kids, I'm like, it gets better. <laughs> Trust me, you will. You will. You'll reach your thirties. You'll understand. You like it. You like. It. Right. <laughs> so for me, yeah, I think we're we're just so we were so into these rom coms, these nineties rom coms. They were amazing. They were awesome. No reference throughout. Why? First of all, I think because she was a really good writer. If you read her nonfiction books, her nonfiction books made me want to write essays about me, about femininity, about what I thought of myself and my body and stuff. I thought she was so talented. She was just beyond the genre itself. This first of all, and second of all, you could feel all the small details, the bits and pieces that made her stand out. Like the character in You've Got Mail, for example, she's just not this beautiful, quirky, blonde who didn't know what to do. No, she was also a girl attached to her mother and how her mother's death affected her and how having a small business as a normal person did in front of you know capitalism and all these big businesses there were when there was this amazing text that she sent the tom hanks character in the movie where she's like i'm uh, my life I, when i read something i feel like my life is not in a book although it should be the other way around like she's been reading all the time and feeling like she relates to characters in books but not to people in real life shouldn't she change so you feel as a small town girl this hits me so hard like wow yeah maybe you live the small life she says i live the small life but it was also significant at least to, to some people so yeah you feel like there are some things that make these female characters different although they they might be in the middle of you know all these rom-coms that we were fed when we were little and now some of them yes they passed the test of time and some just didn't but nora was different because nora was a real talented woman yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, there was, so I saw You've Got Mail once I was older. I didn't see it like when it first came out initially. So people would always make references to the movie and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I do appreciate the fact that I saw it when I just later in life because I did understand it. And you're right. You have like this female entrepreneur, like it's very difficult it is hard. She's like trying to sell herself, trying to, you know, trying to sell her business. And also, right, she has family, her mother passed. It's just like she's dealing with so much as a female and she's still very much happy, go lucky, funny, you know. And I feel like that's just how we are. We're like, all right, we're going through stuff, but you know what? We got to keep moving. We can't let this, if anything, it makes us better. Exactly, this is the thing. And I got my comedy and I got my poetry and I got people like Michelle who on another part of the planet we just connect. So what more do I need? I just need this energy and I can do whatever. I'm I'm gonna do a lot of stuff and Michelle is gonna do a lot of stuff and we're gonna uplift each other and I don't know. This energy, I live for this. I can't no, live for Yeah, no no no. Especially when you go through hard hard times for so long, once you get this type of feeling you're like okay this is like this is a great high right now we have positive vibes all around in a negative world we're filled with positivity and I think that's really what keeps people like you and I going or you know people out there who act like us who have the same personality we do it keeps us going because we just can't be like uh, all the time 
what we have here is something that we put out in the world. I hope I'm not talking too much because I love to talk. No, please Girl, tell me when I'm like not, babbling. Not at all. Go ahead. You are good. <laughs> what I believe is, yeah, maybe I am not, you know, like such a famous writer. Maybe I will never be. Maybe I won't have my comedy show, which I really hope I would someday. But what I have is this thing. I had a podcast with Michelle. We talked about comedy. And it's out there in the universe. Nothing can change this fact. I have this small book. I have this poem. I have blah, blah, blah. These things just, I think, they make the world a different and a happier place. At least for me, during dark times, I can go back and get this back and smile and say, I made this. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're doing what you have to do to make sure you reach your ultimate goal. And even if you don't, you still had fun, you know, in the process of it. And who knows, maybe that's just a lesson we were supposed to learn. Like, look, this is it. So I always think that my saying is everything happens for a reason. So there you go. <laughs> me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So it is time. So I have this really, it's just, okay. So it's this segment where I put my guests on the spot. So it's time for my redundant, because it's very redundant, fiery seat of heat, because it's fiery and it's hot mm -hmm. and we're sitting. So why not? <laughs> Okay, I can feel the flame. Oh, trust me. Right, and this is nothing compared to... So have you ever taken your comedy to a stage? And it doesn't have to be like a real stage, just anything you would call a stage, whether it's work, whether it's like outside in the street, whether you're in a club. Have you ever just like really stood up and like kind of put on your own performance that you feel, you know? Yeah, during the writing workshop. Yeah, I made fun of my name and my character and my height. <laughs> I love that. You see, there's no better comedy than making fun of yourself. That always makes people laugh. <laughs> this is the thing. I think it took them off guard. They didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were like, okay, let's see what she comes up with. Let's see what this girl says. And you're just like, well, I'm going to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say, for me, the world is my stage. It's terrible. It's terrible. Because, so I use the podcast to be funny. I work, you know, my workplace is where I showcase anything that I think is remotely funny. When I meet new people, I work in a doctor's office. So when I talk to patients, I just kind of, when I have conversations, I just try to slide funny in there all the time. And there's times where I'm just like, okay, that, that hit, that worked. And then there are other times I'm just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't use that one again. <laughs> Or maybe just it just wasn't the right setting for that. <laughs> Me too. I have this too. <laughs> Listen, I don't even know. But I think if I go on like a real stage, see, at least you did a workshop. I try to do, I've done like, I've attended several online improv classes and I've always had like, cold feet when it's like my turn I'm just like well I'm just gonna and knowing me if I try to step on stage I'm just gonna go blank I'm gonna go blank because it's my luck and I think that would be funny within itself I'm just like all right guys sorry I gotta go <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks I, I just run away because <laughs> I'm so awkward <laughs> and I like beeline <laughs> and then I hit a wall because it's the wrong way and then I try to find the exit that I'm telling you that would be me I will tell you right now. 
I'm like, oh my God, this is a wall. Where am I going? <laughs> Security, please help. <laughs> and that would be and that would be my zombie skit. <laughs> this is part this was part of Michelle's sketch. Everyone, oh, and they applaud you, trust me. I get a standing ovation. I would get a standing ovation and I would turn around and be like, guys, I literally did nothing. This is my real life. <laughs> like I'm trying to escape. <laughs> I do not know where the exit is. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> I know and people are still laughing. Right. And people are still yeah. laughing and clapping. I'm like, someone call 911. I do not know where I am. <laughs> call emergency services. <laughs> and they're like stopping laughing with seriously this was not comedy right right like guys this is my real life now i feel hurt <laughs> honestly in a nutshell that would be me all right so you survived the fiery seat it wasn't too bad i told you you're good you're so good so now i want to know what's in store for Jay, what are you working on right now or for the future? Okay, unfortunately, I'm working on my new poetry book. It's, it will be the third poetry book. And I'm working on my first nonfiction comedy essays. It's like inspired by all the crazy crap that I see every day. And I think I've written one essay and I'm, I'm going for it. I really want to write it and finish it hopefully 2023. I hope so. Oh, that's exciting. You have to make sure you send me like all the links and everything. Are you serious? Definitely. Oh, yeah. I to get your opinion on it. Seriously. Oh, girl, if I even get through it, if I'm not laughing too hard, because. I hope so, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it makes you laugh, seriously. Oh, I have a lot I, of crazy stuff there. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will, because if your life was remotely close to anything like mine, we've had some really funny moments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. Well, sadly, we've reached the end of the It's Michelle podcast with our awesome guest, Jay. But before we go, you know, I have to give you an opportunity to shut yourself out. So let la gente or the people of the It's Michelle podcast know where they can follow, subscribe, and show you all love and support. Okay, guys, usually I post on Twitter, on Instagram, Jailen Salman, uh, you will have the handles or whatever. Uh, on thepros.com, I post most of my essays and most of my poetry. Also on my Facebook page, Jailen Salman writes. Uh, please follow them. You'll find a lot of stuff, even the visual poetry that I do. It's all out there. Just watch and share, and I hope you get a laugh or whatever out of it. Oh, that's amazing. And I'll make sure to post all the links to your poetry, your social media platforms, everything in the description, because I want the It's Michelle tribe to read all your poetry, to show love, show support. You know, it's the only way to grow out here. So you heard it, mi gente. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review, because we out here trying to make it, and we can't make it without you. And make sure you follow me on Instagram at its.me.shell. Click the link in my bio. It will connect you to all my podcast platforms, my YouTube channel, and more. And make sure you click that, click that subscribe button. This is like a tongue twister for me. That within itself is a problem. And click that notification bell so you don't miss a thing. And with that said, we'll see you next week. Peace and love. Peace and love, everybody. Mwah.
It's me, Shelby.